Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I'm Ted Cluck, joined, as always, in crystal clear Zencaster audio by Ronald J. Martin and Barnabas Piper. Boys, it feels like we're in the same room. I love this. Yeah, it's so it's so much better than Skype. Yeah, it's so great, man. It's so great. This is uh, this is taking our already huge podcast to just another level. I feel, and um, I mean, it's funny you ask yourself like, where do we go from here? We've been to the mountaintop, you know, of this business, but uh, I feel like we found a way to to level up yet again, and uh, hopefully our listeners will enjoy it as they are enjoying Lagaris Roasters uh, Happy Rant Signature Blend Coffee. Uh, boys, we continue from, from to their mission aware mugs. Yeah, from their Mission Aware Yeti tumblers, which uh, I, I think two out of the three of us have gotten uh, smaller Yetis. So we compared la- last week, Pipe, we compared the size of the Yeti. It's like a toddler. Um, the, the big one is like the size of a two-year-old boy. This one is the size of like like a, a, a newborn. So um, still substantial, still a great Like, like a newborn puppy or like a newborn human? I don't know, like a human. You know what okay. I mean? I don't yeah. know. I don't know how big the humans are when they're newborn. It's not a <laughs> it's thing that I'm really that interested in. But uh, yeah. you know, uh, it's like the size of a newborn human. Anyway, it's great if you haven't done so already. Uh, visit HappyRampPodcast.com. Grab yourself some signature blend coffee from Lagaris Roasters, and you will be happy with that purchase. Um, Pipe, we have some. Uh, we have some business to take care of. We have a sponsor, don't we? We do. Um- we do. It's the Christian Standard Bible, which uh, which is put out by by uh, B and H Books, uh, part of Lifeway Christian Resources. So the the CSB is a new a new version that has just launched in, uh, the, earlier this year. Um, and anybody who's been around the church for a while knows there's a thousand versions out there, and and every few years a new one comes out. And so there's sort of this perpetual there's sort of a perpetual need for new versions but also uh, a perpetual question of why do we need new versions? Um, and it's a lot of that has to do with the fact that in translating from the original languages to English, it's a morphing thing to try to connect with the most accurate and readable way that English is now. Um, so a version that was readable 10 or 15 or 20 years ago might not be anymore. Uh, there's constant revisions for accuracy. So this is... I think it, I mean, I use it daily, uh, especially in reading with my kids and just reading on my own. Um, it is a really good combination of exceptionally readable and, and accurate to the original languages, as well as, um, it keeps the familiarity of the language of a lot of those passages that people are familiar with. So the, you know, the, the John ones, the Roman eight, the Romans eight, the, you know, Psalm 23, just these passages that are sort of ingrained into our memories. You're not going to read it and kind of get that record scratch. Like, what doesn't sound right. Um, so, and then they have, they have a whole variety of, of editions out. So, uh, there are preaching Bibles and basic reading Bibles and study Bibles, and they released a they released a Bible in partnership with uh, She Reads Truth, which some listeners are going to be familiar with. It's this, it's a women's Bible reading and Bible study website and community that's huge, and that's one of the best designed Bibles I've ever seen, just in terms of the aesthetic of it and the way it's laid out. So, if you're looking for a really good gift for a woman you know, or if you are a woman and want to get yourself a fantastic. Uh, study and devotional Bible that she reads truth Bible is great. But if people go to csbible.com, so that's Christian standard. So csbible.com, they can, uh, they can 
get their questions answered. They can see some videos. They can see who is involved in the translation. If that's a thing that matters, they can read portions of it to just get familiar with it, which is obviously the best way to sort of become comfortable with it. Um, and again, this is one that I use regularly. It's, it's sort of my go-to reading Bible right now. I rotate through Bibles, um, but couldn't recommend this more highly and not just because I'm a company man. Um, because if people know me, they know that I won't recommend a product that my company puts out if I don't think it's worth using. So, um, csbible.com company, What's that? I yeah, said company man, that's right, company man. That's going to be the name of your, like, remember the Lee Iacocca biography that was everywhere <laughs> like 20 years ago. You couldn't, you couldn't turn around in a used bookstore without seeing like 15 copies of that thing. Swing a dead cat to use a, a Tedism. Yeah, you can swing a cat in any direction and hit the Lee Iacocca biography. It's, that's going to be yours. Uh, Barnabas Piper, Company Man. So, yeah, subtitle, A Shill. <laughs> Ta- Tales from a Shill. Tales um, from a Shill. I love it. Yeah. Love so it. csbible.com, check it out. Uh, if you are in church leadership, I think they have some special offers for you as well, ways to potentially begin using this with your congregation. So go check that out. It's a great Bible. And uh, you're going to hear more about this in coming weeks because they're going to be sponsoring us for a few episodes. And so um, I'm just going to keep on shilling for the man. Shill away, baby. Shill away. And uh, Pipe, I have, I have one tiny little thing to shill about before we get into our content. Uh, I made a movie. The movie is called Silverdome. I made it with some great people uh, from the world of NFL and major college football. And we are almost done, but we need a little bit more money for post-production. So uh, rather than take on new investors, uh, we have launched a little Kickstarter uh, to raise some money for post-production. So if you go to Kickstarter and look up Silverdome Film, or you click on the movie poster in the show notes for this episode, uh, you'll be able to uh, read a little bit more about that. We would love to have the Happy Rant family uh, on board as, uh, as, as partners in post-production for Silverdome. So uh, give it a look. It's a pretty great project, and we would love to have you be a part of it. So, boys, speaking of shilling, um, I want to use this as kind of a bridge into our content today. And we had a, we had a fascinating convo off the air because we could name names. Uh, it will be a little bit less fascinating on the air, uh, but it'll be fascinating to see how the two of you sort of navigate around naming the names that, uh, that, you, that you would want to name in this segment. So what we're going to talk about is who, not who you unfollow, but like when do you unfollow someone? Um, when do you get so fed up with someone that you, that you unfollow them? And what sorts of things lead to that moment? Um, this will not be a surprise to our listeners. Uh, I don't follow anybody. Um, because I don't do any of that stuff. So in, in a sense, I've unfollowed everyone already. Um, for me, it's more of a choice of who do I, who do I follow and what does that look like? But, uh, I want, I want to hear you guys talk, uh, big R, this was your idea. So maybe talk about, um, some unfollowing scenarios that you've had recently and what that's looked like. Well, that's a good question, big T. Um, I don't know, you know, I, I feel like what happens is for me, like when somebody gets just sort of incessantly self promoting like yes. for some reason, I, I just I get lost with that after a while because yeah. it's just sort of the it's sort of the unabashedness of it that I think just literally it starts like it starts like, you know, 
it, it starts kind of like, you know, becoming like a, you know, a cold winter day for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> and um, so I don't know. Or or somebody that is so gushy all the time. And I know. So somebody's going to say like, well, that just are you describing yourself right now, Big R? Because mm-hmm. like I feel like there's been moments like that with you. And that may be true. I don't, I don't know. You know what I mean? So I'm not trying to like lack self-awareness right now. But I feel like with some people that I follow, you've seen them in one place and then they basically developed into like these machines now to mm. where like all you hear about is everything that they're about mm. and it starts driving me like super super kooky to where i feel like their feed is just like one big long ad yeah oh yeah now i'm gonna push you on this a little bit big r i yeah, want you push to it. me i want you to give me an example of the kind of of, of sort of humble braggy self-promoting and because i know I have the benefit of knowing who you're talking about, but the listeners don't. Um, what, what, what does this look like and how many times a day is it happening? Yeah, I mean, that's where it gets tricky. What I, what I think is that people that are – people that have products – and again, I'm not saying you should never push your product. You know, I, I, yeah. that's, not what, that's not my point. So you know, we all have product, right? So people that have products – or people that have platforms, or people that are of a more pub, you know, live in a more public, you know, nature and lifestyle. I yeah. feel like that's where it starts getting a little like kooky for me, right? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like that's where it starts feel. That's where it starts feeling like, hey, I, you know, I'm on the. I'm on the front of a Wheaties box now and I need to start telling everybody that I'm on front of a Wheaties box and hey, look, here's my picture of me in front of the Wheaties box. Oh, and look, here's me like speaking at an event because I'm on the front of the Wheaties box talking about the fact that I, I'm on front of the Wheaties box. You know, so it's, I, and I know, and boys, I want you to enjoy those kind of like allusions to sport analogies that I'm, that I'm throwing at you right now. I want you to enjoy that. You know? Being on the front of a Wheaties box actually does impress me, but these guys, they're nowhere near that. It's like, well, I wrote right. a 400 word article for Christianity Today, and here it is 14 times. You know, it's not even the front of a Wheaties box. That would actually be impressive. You know, that, that, I, I think, and far be it for me to know even what this is all about, but I, I, th- I think for me, like the few interactions I've had with it, it's been like that kind of frustration. Pipe, what about you? I think I think the I, I agree with uh, I agree with what Ronnie just said, and for me, it's it's hard to put a finger on like what is a good way to do it and what is a bad way in terms of self promotion. It's a little bit like the platform conversation we had last week when when uh, when Ronnie couldn't join us. Um, but it's a little bit like you know it when you see it. You just sort of get that that gross feeling, and mm-hmm. and and I I really liked what Ronnie said about when when somebody shifts from one thing to another. So you knew them as one thing or one kind of person and they were sort of a a pleasant, down-to-earth, humble person and then they yeah. shifted into this this self-promotional machine. Um and I know that like this this could sound very disingenuous coming from me because I do share things that I write and I share the podcast and and I feel like I'm constantly falling off the fence on one side or the other. Um uh, so if 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 a listener thinks that I'm disingenuous, by all means, tweet at me and tell me. I love online criticism; it's my favorite. Um, <laughs> that'll also be a thing that I can unfollow you for. Um, the thing that drives me nuts, if I was going to unfollow somebody, uh, is is people who are always extreme, and mm-hmm. and so they they're either extremely sort of critical or extremely controversial or extremely just obnoxiously positive. Um, so everything is with an exclamation point. Everything is the best or worst. Everybody they share is their best friend. Um, and there's not sort of this, 
if, if, if everything is a superlative, nothing is a superlative kind of, you know, so nothing is actually a crisis. Nothing is actually great. I don't actually believe those people anymore because everything is extreme. The mm-hmm. other is if I know somebody offline and they're a different person online mm-hmm. drives me nuts yeah. because if you're a kind and gracious and fun person to hang out with, then mm-hmm. that should be reflected online. Uh, but if you're that way offline and online, you're sort of an aggressive troll or uh, overtly critical or, um, or, or vice versa. You know, you, online you talk a lot about building community and being gracious and offline you're, you're kind of a tool. Mm-hmm. That'll get you unfollowed real quick by me. I think like what's interesting though, man, and this is where we can like go a little bit deeper, guys. This is where we can dive beneath the surface a couple of inches. Like this is what always kind of cracks me up though, even talking about this. Because I, because you know, me and Big M will have convos like this like all the time. But what's interesting is like, why does this even bother us? It's not like somebody's feed coming up like takes us more time to like, you know, shuffle through other feeds that we're more interested in. It really like doesn't matter. So there's really something that gets under our skin about it that goes beyond because most of these people we don't really have much of a relationship with or it's just or, or it's a quasi relation. You know, it's, it's a quasi relationship. It's a it's so a four out of them, man. Unfollow all of them. You know what I'm saying? Like, why? Why follow these people in the first place? Well, right. I mean, that's we'll see. That's what I'm saying. That like those are the implications, or that's what that's what all this brings up. Like, why does it even bother us enough to even bring this up as a topic? So, because what is here's, it? Here's, here's why. Us? Here's why. Uh, I mean, here's a reason why. I don't think it's the whole reason why. So, Facebook has created a context where you can be friends with somebody and never interact with them, sure. because you hit friend and then you immediately hit unfollow which means you never see anything they post, but you're still friends. And what that does is it allows you never to have to get into the pissing match about why did you unfriend me, but you also never have to deal with their multi-level marketing garbage that they share constantly Um, Mm -hmm. or their annoying theological or political posts or their whatever, whatever it is that you don't want to see. That's only Facebook, though. You don't have the luxury of that on Instagram or Twitter. Well, uh, Twitter, you can... You can follow somebody and mute them. But again, this so, it seems so, like an amazing power to have. Muting you. I'm literally shutting somebody. you up. I wish I could mute people in real life. I just, wish I could mute people in real life. Just I know hit the button amazing. and oh, they're they're just not talking anymore. This is amazing. Guys, um, hold so on. Got, I'm gonna mute I'm gonna mute you really quick. Oh no, there. that was that just was just another you. technological glitch. Look at that. <laughs> um it but that even saying that out loud though is insane. Like it sounds insane. So there's because there's there is this sort of strange it's it's sort of uh, it's human but inhuman interaction that happens online because you know there's a real person but these are not real human interactions which is why people are so different online than they are uh, in sure. real life but that also means you have an inhuman response of I'm gonna unfollow or unfriend but that might hurt the feelings of the real life person or right. that might cause conflict or it might be. If you unfollow and it's noticed, then somebody's going to be like, "Oh, why, why, why did you do that?" And all of a sudden, it's a it's a thing. So mm-hmm. it's these are the kinds of things that uh, these are the kind of things that make me just sort of want to give up on Twitter. Sometimes I love Twitter, but this is the stuff that just makes me go, I, "It's it's not worth it." Yeah. So I guess why not give up? Well, that that may be the answer at some point. The upside of Twitter is is significant as well, though, just in terms of um, 
I have a lot of people who I connect with in real life who I keep up with via social media or interact with on a regular basis. So a month ago, I was at Gospel Coalition, and the number of people who I got to talk to face-to-face who I had interacted with on Twitter was – was uh, it surprised me. And right. in And almost entirely positive interactions, just people who I was happy to see, happy to meet face-to-face, to know that there's a real person – and to me, that's when social media is at its best is when it sort of sure. close you, you close the loop. Uh, yeah. But but I don't know that I don't know that everybody has has that mentality or that opportunity. The other thing is, if you're a content creator, social media is simply the best way to share content. It's the best way for people to discover what's been written, what's been recorded, what's out there. You know, you, Ted, have have a movie that you are beginning to well you've been promoting and are beginning to kind of get into the the big push for uh, as it as right. it draws closer to a release social media is the best way for that to be shared period um so how do you share things without being self-promoting and getting unfollowed by ronnie that's a uh, that's the that's the trick that is the greatest greatest mystery of them all how do you not as, get unfollowed by ronnie as as Willy Wonka would say. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, that's, I think that's what, I think that's what most people are going to be concerned about, you know, that are listening to our podcast is, oh my gosh, what am I doing right now? Will I become unfollowed by Big R? I think that's, that's going to be a, a, a major concern for our listeners. Big team. Boys, I want to tell you about some people that got unfollowed recently. And, uh, and, and you put this in front of me, you brought it to my attention. You guys know more about this than I do. There were some guys uh, from a seminary in the South not the main one, Pipe. Not the, not the one that you and I are, are uh, beholden to with our very lives, um, but a different one. And these guys, it was a bunch of like older white dudes. Um, and again, how to say this, you pick your words carefully. They, they were kind of dressed up like gangsters. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, it, it looked like a 1996, like, <laughs> like a knockoff NWA album cover. Yeah, like the liner notes from an NWA album, like a knockoff circa 1996. You're right. And there, there were all these old guys, and they were in like hoodies and, and you know, caps, and they were uh, pretending. Did they have guns? Did they have real guns? What, in the picture? One, of, the- one of them was holding what looked like a real gun. A couple of them were in do-rags. Uh, so, I mean, again, we're talking, we're talking like old-school gangster here, not – uh, I mean, these these are things that were that were like stereotypical gangster when I was in high school, and except these are like sixty something year old white dudes. And of course, they had guns because these are sixty uh, something year old white dudes. Sixty something year old white dudes. Yeah, exactly. Well, you don't have hip hop without guns, boys. These are their own guns. So uh, I don't know, man. How You're do we so even talk? White, Ronnie. How do we even talk about this? What do you make of this? Like, what what would possess? Uh, a bunch of allegedly smart people to take a picture like this. And first of all, is it real? Like, is this a real thing that happened? It's a, the fact that it got shared is real. I don't know okay. if they dressed up as that or whether the faces were Photoshopped, but somebody decided that posing those people <laughs> publicly in that getup yeah. was an idea worth doing. Right. And that's like whether or not they posed for the photo or whether or not they all just thought it would be a good laugh to Photoshop it is, I think, somewhat irrelevant. One of them's a little bit more commitment, but yeah, uh, but they're both – you use the word possessed. What would possess them? And uh, possession seems like a, a reasonable motivation, some sort, of, uh, some sort of possession that moved them outside of their own heads 
to do Outside this. Outside of your minds. Yeah, yeah, because it just, I can't. Dude, you're getting all Frank Peretti on it, man. Like, you're getting all yeah. demonic possession, man. I, I love know. it. Just I'm, keep, I'm picturing keep angels. No, 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 keep rolling with it. Keep rolling with picturing it. Picturing angels with flaming swords slicing demons into puffs of smoke right now. Um, <laughs> but uh, I just, I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm a little bit. I, I have two two problems going on. One is that uh, I have to be careful what I say, and the other is that I have a lot of things I would like to say. Um, I don't understand how you can look around at where society is in terms of the racial tensions, in terms of in terms of gun violence, in terms of violence against uh, against black people. Uh, you put you put a person in a hoodie with a gun, and that is that is a cultural trigger. For good reason, because that got somebody killed not that long ago, and and it was a cultural tipping point. And to to make a joke out of that, and sort of you know sort of do a thug life for real goodbye card to a faculty member is I just don't understand it. I don't understand what what they don't see. Uh, mm. That it it just I mean it it's like a it's like modern blackface is what it feels like to me. Dude, totally. Yeah. And like, why wasn't there anybody, why was there nobody that sort of, I mean, why did that not cross the desk of anybody for a little, like, uh, you know, a little approval? Well, like, I mean, no, to, don't, don't do it. From, you know? from what I saw, and this is not to defend anything from what I saw, it was posted by one particular faculty member, uh, was then pulled down both the institution and that faculty member, said essentially put out something saying this is in poor taste should not have happened um at that point it's uh it's like it's like the hoover dam breaking and the engineers going we're sorry that shouldn't have happened um but it it was not an institutionally uh sanctioned thing it was a small group of people doing something (laughs) amongst friends but there's also a lack of understanding of how social media works you know, like telling a joke in bad taste to a friend is still a joke in bad taste, but at least only two of you know it. That's uh, right. Telling a joke in bad taste on Twitter is uh, well. Good luck with that. Let's just let's just say that. Actually, may, this this may go in their admissions brochure next year. You know, maybe it was a university production. Yeah, and Dude, and uh, and maybe they'll draw the kind of students that uh, that they're hoping for. And my, my other question is, what faculty member has that much time right now? Like, I'm not, I'm not going to pretend that this is the hardest job in the world. It's not. But, like, I feel like I'm drowning in paper right now because it's the end of the semester and there's all the grading. And, like, who has time to, like, you know, catch together a bunch of gangster uh, images of, of your faculty colleagues? It's, uh, it's crazy. Big yeah, R- it, was, it was something. Big R, what, what, what say you about this, man? Anything. Oh, dude, I just I'm always struck by like what people think is funny and what's really funny. And you look at this and you just go like it's not even something you look at and everybody's just like falling over themselves, like laughing. You know, it's it's not even funny. It's like some it, the only kind of people that would think this was funny are people of which call funny things a hoot. And um, <laughs> it, it's it's just it's just not even funny. Like you look at it and you just go like not funny. Right, and you just kind of move on. Agree with this? I I think most people aren't funny. That's a mean thing. It's a mean thing for me to say, but most people just aren't funny. They shouldn't try. It's true. No, I I, I don't even know if I'm funny, but like, um, I I'm pretty sure I'm sure most people are not. I got a text from a friend not too long ago because I occasionally post sarcastic and snarky things online for those who aren't aware. Um, 
And he texted and said, man, the number of people who try to be clever in response to what you post is so depressing. Mm. Just their responses. So, mm. yes, I, I think that is it's a small sample size, but there is a there's a small statistical sample of proof that that people aren't funny. I know. And that's tough, man. I mean, to, to talk, you know, there's nothing more unfunny than to talk about people that aren't funny, you know. So it's like I I mean, that that's a real slippery, subjective slope right there. But I think we could all agree, like when we first saw that image we first saw that gangster image, like there was just nothing like none of us LOL'd over that thing. Right. Like there was no like just like gut busting LOLing over. No, like, there, you yeah, know. there was there was some out loud, but it wasn't it wasn't LOL. It was uh, right. It was, exactly. It was other other expressions for sure. No, no LOLing today for uh, for the rant over uh, gangster. So, I actually think I did LOL, but not for the reasons that they wanted. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, no, that that's true, because in in sort of a. Uh, in sort of a dark uh, gallows sense of humor way, yeah. You look at it and and you you laugh because there's no other like you have you can scream, you can swear, you can throw things, or you just sort of laugh and throw your hands up and go, what What is going on? What would possess them? Why would What are they thinking? And yeah. Uh, so yeah, if there was a chuckle, it was that. It was not. Huh, that that was clever. Good for them. Yeah, boys. I, I want to talk about one more thing. Um, this is an interesting dynamic. And Big R, as our resident man of the cloth, I want you to speak to this first. Um, so you're a pastor. You get quote unquote called yeah, to a right. bigger, better opportunity. Um, and you can leave for it. And, and, and nobody's, uh, nobody's batting an eye, really. You know, maybe, maybe people are upset. Oh, we lost our pastor. He went to a bigger and better thing. Um, but as a church member, there's a little bit of, you know, if you leave, if you look around, you're just being a shallow consumerist. Um, is this a thing? Is this an issue? Like, should it be an issue? Or are we just trying to cause trouble? Like, what's going on here with this, man? Um, is, is it weird that pastors can kind of, like, drift around and, and take the bigger gig and feel called to it, but, like, church members kind of have to hang around and stay put? I mean, that, I mean, it's a really good question because here's the thing. Like, since I hang around with a lot of fellow men of the cloth— Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the things that's sort of like kind of kind of risen to the surface in recent years is like that that cliched like every three or four years like we go look for the bigger gig. So yeah. I feel like there's it's kind of a faux pas and like it's something that like you are really aware of not doing at least in our you know super local church oriented reform circles. You know like that's a that's a total no no. You know yep. you got I mean dude you got to stay I mean you got to stay in longer than 3 years 3 years one day maybe but you got to stay you can't in longer admit than 3 to looking years. around either it's not looking around it's oh you know what this just this presented itself and it's not like I was trolling pastoral job search websites for 7 hours a day oh no you know No well no I know and so like I I don't even know what to do with that because it's like it's really a matter of conscience and and all of those types of things and I I feel like it's really hard to like put a stamp on what is right and what is wrong in, in those areas. But I do know what you mean, but like, it, you know, when, when somebody's considering like hopping to another church because mm-hmm. they don't like the vibe of the one they're at. Yeah. I mean, pretty much you're, you're going to have a crew that's going to dive on them and say, it's not about preference. It's not about comfort. It doesn't matter if you don't like the music. It doesn't matter if the preaching's horrible. It doesn't matter if you're, you're not vibing with the environment, you know, you should stay put, you should commit, you should serve. And it's like, well, maybe, I, you know, I mean, like, I, I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Pipe, what do you think, man? Your, your pop's, 
Uh, I don't know everything about your pops, but he pretty much he stuck it out. Stuck yeah, it he out. stuck it out. Yeah, he he uh, pastored he pastored one church for thirty three years, and uh, right. and that was it. Um, I the the thing that the the reason that I that I suggested this question pre show was just the. So I work in the church world and I see a lot of pastors, um, you know, a, a pastoral position opens up at a church of four or 5,000 people. And there's sort of this A list of rising pastoral candidates. So these are guys who are pastors of churches of like 800 to 1500 or, you know, 1500 to 2000. So they're like the tier down. And, and it's like, it's like sports teams hiring a GM, you know, they hire, they, they, they try to find the, the assistant general manager for the other successful teams to bring mm-hmm. them up to, you know, that, you know, that kind of thing. And it's, it's not different in the church. Uh, and that's a whole conversation right there about how, whether or not that, that system has any merit at all. The question that I had was, and, and the thing that, that bugs me is that the same pastors who quote unquote are called to this bigger, better, higher paying opportunity uh, can turn around and talk about commitment to church membership and sort of marriage to the church and, and all of that when they're upgrading, they're upgrading every, well, when the opportunities present themselves, why can't I do the same thing? Uh, Mm. And I'm not saying I should, I'm saying that it's, it's, uh, it's It's inconsistent. Yeah, it's hypocritical. It's inconsistent. There's there's a standard that uh, that I am supposed to stick it out as as my pastor leaves. So if my pastor leaves to go take a better job, why do I have to stick it out with the new pastor who I likely don't have any part in selecting? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's and a weird, I, and I don't really yeah. have an answer to this. That's just that's genuinely just a question of like what what are we supposed to do with this? It's a weird phenomenon, right? Because I think. Um, you know, I, I, I think you, you get yourself into like a really kind of bonkers situation because, you know, are, are there reasons why some dudes should leave? And I'm talking about pastors. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, so if like if TK, if Keller wouldn't have left that small church in Virginia, like we wouldn't have this movement in New York City. Right. So there's obviously a good reason for him to have left, because in hindsight, we can look back and go, wow, look at all the work he's done. But I wonder how much better the church would be served if dudes stayed put. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, and and I think I think if if pastors stayed put, members would stay put. Mm. I I mean I, think, I don't even think that's that's just common. I mean to right. me that's just a logical statement for the most part. You know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, I mean if 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 you if you are a new pastor at a church, you transition into a church, and people leave, you should not be surprised. There's always like thirty percent turnover when a new pastor comes in, because because the pastor is the personality of the church in a lot of ways. It's the, he, he is the leader of the church, the driving force behind it, or, you know, of the leadership team. I mean, the structure is all different, but in a very real way, the pastor is the personality of the church. So if I had a pastor who I loved, who retires, who leaves, who gets fired and a new guy comes in, there's a, that is the point at which I would be most likely to depart. Um, And, and, and so if pastors stay, people will stay. I think. Pipe, what was what was the turnover like when your pops left after all those years? Numerically, not much. The church is 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 uh, has is either stable or has grown a little bit. And I'm sure there was I'm sure there was some turnover as people left. Um, but I don't think it was as significant immediately. Um, 
as 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 some other churches. Uh, now, do you think do you think part of that maybe is because if you get a guy that's obviously, you know, pushing seventy and everybody knows, you know, the dude can't be here forever like your dad. I mean, do you think there's more of an acceptance of that than if you get a guy in his forties and he is looking to ladder out? You know, uh, yes, I think the, the just categorically the manner of transition plays a big role in that. So yeah, a guy who's a guy who's thirty nine and wants to to jump up from a 1800 person church to a 4800 person church there's just that's a that's going to that's going to leave a just a gaping hole that that's unstable but a person who knows that retirement is coming and tries to set up a transition and I I don't know that they did it perfectly but I know they tried to do it well they tried to communicate it they tried to communicate the vision behind it there was some overlap between the new pastor and my dad so that so that it was a, it was a handing off of the baton and I think that creates a level of stability so that it didn't feel like a pastor abandoning them. It felt like a pastor stepping out of ministry yeah. at the right time and and leaving them in good hands. And I'm and I'm sure not everybody felt like that because there was transition. But that's a really different thing than the than the jumping from one church to the next and then harping on people for jumping from one church to the next. Okay, so here's my question for you guys. Have you guys ever left a church because the dude left? No, not because the dude left. Uh, yes. <laughs> but I always waited till the new guy came. I didn't leave because he left. Uh, it was You I just left always. because the new guy came and you were like, this is untenable. In, in <laughs> like, part, I'm out. I cannot do this. Now, in, yeah, well, in no situation. I cannot the, do that haircut. In, in, in each of the situations, it's been more than once for me, in each of the situations that was a significant factor, it was not the only factor. There was place in life, there was marital status, there was um, other issues going on in the leadership of the church, uh, yeah. and, and at least on one occasion, I'm not sure I made the right decision. Um, but that a was a trigger of, for you, so the, the, main, was, the lead dude leaving was kind of a trigger. No, the new dude coming was the trigger. The new dude coming was the trigger. Because, okay. because, but, but there's, that's the difference between a handoff and a hiring process. In a handoff, you feel like you are being, the congregation ought to be cared for through the process. A hiring process is a person you trusted leaves, there's a vacancy, and then a new guy comes in and you have to decide whether or not you can trust him sight unseen. And, um, and trust meaning, and that and trust with preaching trust with leadership trust with direction of the church trust with whatever just all of the all of the aspects of it and that's that's a that's a difficult thing mm. yeah so yeah i think i don't feel any guilt about leaving those churches because because the people who left didn't feel any guilt about leaving so the leaders who left so why should i um I, it, and I don't. I realize we probably shouldn't set our standards by that, but church leaders set church culture, and if you can jump ship, so can I. It's a real thing. I, I mean, I'm telling you, if I ever leave my church, I'm leaving. So that's that's just what's going on with that. You <laughs> there know, it is, there guys. It is. You know, can I just add this as a side? It doesn't have. It sort of has to do with what we're talking about, but something just popped up on my Instagram account. It's a it's a for the church micro conference in Phoenix on June 13th, well, and, I am, and I am and I am nowhere on the bill. I'm it's nowhere got the on the conference in the in the name. You better be there. But I mean, I'm looking down at Jared C and and, and Owen Strachan, which is not how you pronounce his name. And and um, but and I'm, and I'm thinking, so it's fun. 
and I'm thinking like my my face once again um, is not not there. It's it's not present. Mm-hmm. I haven't been contacted yet for for another another for the church event. And um, I want I want to know when this is gonna when this is gonna stop. You know, I want to well, know when the hurt is going maybe to it's end. It's for the church. It's definitely it's a not big for R this here. Guy. What do you think, Big T? I mean, how, how can you help me through this really quickly? I I mean it. I think all we can do is ask listeners to tweet at Jared C. Wilson and um and what He's he not will on say Twitter that much. He probably will get it. Yeah, he he doesn't ever tweet, so he might not see it. Um. And he will tell you that he's not responsible for making those decisions. Uh, and I would simply say that's that's probably technically true, but don't believe him. He's a he's a man who carries uh, he carries much influence in that circle. So let's uh, I think we should we should just sort of do a uh, what's the hashtag for this one? Is it like vote Ronnie? Is it, uh, is hashtag, it you know Ronnie, Ronnie, Ronnie on stage? Ron, I think it should be Ronnie FTC. That's what it is. So Ronnie for well, guys, the church. here's the thing. I mean, they can book I like I can get a call from Jared C today and I'm still going to be battling with some hurt. I mean, I got I got hurt to deal with inside. Oh, you would get this. over that real fast. Yeah, baby, called. in no universe, in no reality ever would you say no. You would be there. <laughs> you would be on a plane in 20 minutes. You would yeah, I mean, you what, would you would uh, What if it con- what if it conflicts big T? What if it conflicts with something else I already got in the books? What do I do then? Oh, baby, I don't know, man. That's a tough one. Then you you give it lots of thought and prayer, and uh, and, you, and then you I still on, do it. You lean on me and Pipe for wise counsel, and then you and then you still do it. And you ask yeah. them how much they're paying. Well, that's, obviously, yeah. I mean, because clearly that's how the church conference world works. That's right. I understand. The Lord moved me to take this gig, which is paying two thousand dollars more than the other gig. Oh, guys, thanks for this counsel. This has been I feel really, called. really helpful. Yeah, you, really you are helpful. called. You are called to the higher paycheck. That's how it works. So if called, I if I leave if I leave one conference to go to another conference, <laughs> does that mean that the people going to the conference should be able to choose not to go? Then is that what? Yes, talking about? absolutely. That's it's only fair. Here's what I want to see, Ron, and I'm going to close out the I'm going to close out the program with this because I got to go. I want to see you doing multiple conferences on the same weekend. I don't mm. know if that involves like a private plane or what, or, or just taking cars across town. I want you at two conferences. I don't know if anyone's ever done this. This to me is like, um, I, I don't know, Pipe, what is it akin to in the sports world? This is like... Uh, this is like when Deion Sanders did the professional, he played he played baseball and football in the same weekend. Maybe, you know, where he went from the he went from the Braves to the Falcons by helicopter, I believe. This is akin to that. And Ron, you've been to a lot of conferences. Your lanyard collection is huge. Well, dude, you know what? This is but not you- weird for me because in my old days, I mean, we would play these things called in stores during the afternoon we'd go we'd do an acoustic performance at an in store and like sure. sign albums and that night we'd play the gig so in, in another city so i mean we would i mean this is i mean this I is this doing, is what i was born to do guys i want I you mean, doing two confs on the same day that's the goal so you you've been to a lot of conferences whatever you know you you've done that but i want two conferences booked on the same day all right um, keep us posted i'll have my hand look it on that let us know how that's going. And, and I want these people, these listeners of ours, I want you flooding. I want you inundating at Jared C. Wilson <laughs> with, with pleas and entreaties to get our boy out of the house. He needs to be off the chain. You know, this guy, is a, he, he's a wild animal. He needs to roam. Get I mean, guys, what, what, I mean, I got nothing going on June 13th, and I should have something going on that day. Get him out of the house. Get him to Phoenix or Scottsdale or wherever this thing is. Get him there. Uh, our boy needs to travel. 
and uh, pipe, pipe. That's all I got, man. And um, and if well, here's the thing: if Ronnie gets to that conference, uh, we could also do a special reporting uh, Drewski business, which we haven't seen any updates mm, in a long time. Mm. But that's where he is, so I think. Yeah, I will. I will definitely. I will definitely drop in on the Trinity Church and uh, and do a little reporting, do a little uh, recon for sure. A little Drisky business recon. Wow, that to happen. That is big, huh, Big T? That's exciting, huh? Oh my goodness, I'm thrilled, boys. This has been uh, this has been a wild one with our 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 tech issues. That's not something we've run into a lot of on this program, but uh, we have managed to wander to and fro through that. Uh, in spite of it. And uh, we've got some exciting things in the po- in the hopper for Ron. I can't wait to see the response on Twitter. Uh, at Jared C. Wilson, we'll have to log in just a little bit more than usual uh, to field these entreaties from our listeners. And uh, check, out, uh, check out Happy Rant Signature Blend Coffee. Check out uh, Silverdome Film on Kickstarter. Check out Pipe. Again, the name of the Bible is... Uh, Christian Standard Bible. Go to csbible.com to see what editions there are, read some of it, get your questions answered, and uh, and consider picking one up, uh, particularly highlighting that She Reads Truth Bible for uh, either as a gift option. I mean, Mother's Day is only a couple weeks away, um, or just for yourself. It's a, it's a beautiful one. And if you pick one up, listen to me. Tell them that Barnabas Piper Company Man sent you. Yes. All right? That's Barnabas Piper company man and until next time rachel the held evans the happy rant is brought to you by resonate recordings resonate has helped us with our editing and mastering pretty much from the beginning of the podcast if you go to resonaterecordings.com you can see the full range of services they offer so if you're considering starting a podcast they are the ones we recommend going with. Mark and Jake do a fantastic and timely job with all sorts of podcast services. Again, go to ResonateRecordings.com to see their prices, to connect with them and ask any questions, and to see what they can do to help you launch, edit, master, and improve your podcast. Crazy world out there, moms and dads. I'm Katherine Seegers, host of Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you be a godly parent in an ungodly world. Subscribe at lifeaudio.com.